Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the Lord was in the house this morning. See, see guys, when, when the Lord's in the house, you can't sit there. You got to get out. You got to get in the water. And you got to begin to learn to worship and praise God because that's when he's going to come in. And he's going to break the battles in your life. Don't sit there when God's wanting to touch your life. That's the worst thing to do because God wants to impart in you his spirit and touch you and break the chains and the things that want to come and bind your life. You got to give it to God. Praise the Lord. One of these days, man, we're all going to get a hold of that. And this place is just going to be rocking, man. There's going to be people slain in the spirit. There's going to be people speaking in tongues. There's going to be deliverance and healing. Praise God. Mm, God is good. Praise the Lord. It's hard to follow that, man. It's like hard to follow that. Praise the Lord. We've got a couple of quick announcements here this morning, though, real quick. Uh, we are having our Revelations class today. So right after uh, services today, we're going to have our uh, class next door with Brother White. And we're going to be going and continuing in our Revelation study. It's going to be great. Uh, Friday night, we have the ladies' uh, step study from 6.30 to 7.30, praise the Lord. And then we have Tuesday night prayer group, which is awesome, guys. You need to, what you've seen a little bit tonight is what we do on Thursday nights, our Tuesday nights. And it's a great place to come and be broken before the Lord and spilled out that the Lord can take and build your life, build your relationship, build that prayer life with the Lord, praise God. And then Thursday nights, we have Celebrate Recovery. Awesome. Yeah, I heard they had a great service on a Thursday night. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. And then this uh, Saturday is going to be our homeless outreach. So if anybody wants to get, yeah, anybody wants to get involved with that, come on out. We're going to meet at 10, prep the bags, the food, and the sandwiches, and all the hot dogs, stuff we're going to go, and then we'll head out about 11. Say that again. Ladies event. It's in the bulletin. I'm not going to waste time. We're running behind time. So there's a ladies' event going on. It's in the bulletin, guys. If you didn't get a bulletin, there's more stuff in there. It talks about our small groups and all that good stuff. Praise the Lord. Did anybody get the bulletin this morning? Amen. Everybody's awake. Ready to go. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, just come before you this morning. Father, I thank you for your goodness and for your grace. And Father, I pray that you would touch each and every one that's here under the sound of my voice, Father. That, Lord, you would speak in their life, Father, Lord. A word, Father, Lord, that they can hold on, Father, that will keep them, Father, Lord. Because, Lord, you're calling us to be on the winning team. You're calling us out of the darkness, Lord, into your marvelous light, Father. And I just pray for your touch today. I bind every hindrance, and I just ask the Holy Spirit to have his way. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today's Super Bowl Sunday. So it's going to be like the most watched event for, for probably for the, whole, for the whole year, praise the Lord. And uh, so I got a couple of fun facts here I want to share with you real quick. It says there's going to be more than 100 million people watching the football game today. I think at one time, I think the most has been like 106 million people. And out of the top 10 most watched TV programs of all time, nine of them has been the Super Bowl. And uh, today there's going to be 8 million pounds of guacamole consumed during the Super Bowl. And another 14,500 pounds of chips are tons of chips, I should say, that's going to be consumed along with that guacamole. And then for a 30-second commercial, it will cost you the bargain price today of just $2.8 million to have a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. And then uh, fans are going to, they're going to get it the worst. Um, they're going to be paying from anywhere from the cheap seats from $2,500 a ticket to $15,000 a ticket, praise the Lord. So I imagine some crazy fans would maybe sell their kids to get a chance to go to the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, and watch the Super Bowl game. There was one lady at the Super Bowl 
And there's a man sitting behind her, and he noticed the seat on the slider was empty. And so he's like, uh, ma'am, I noticed that seat's empty. You know, uh, you know, what's going on there? And she's all, oh, that was my husband's, but he passed away. And he's all, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you know, you think a family member or, you know, a, a friend would want to come and took that spot. And she goes, oh, yeah, you would think, but they insisted on going to the funeral. So, <laughs> so she's like, I love you, Frank, but I paid a lot of money for those tickets. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to the Super Bowl. And it's like, which, and, hey, I can understand. If someone, if someone offered me, like, all-expense-paid ticket and airfare to, to the uh, uh, national championship game to watch my favorite team, the Oregon Ducks, and my wife, Jennifer, must have passed away, I'd be like, at least if I got her cremated, I could put her in my pocket and take her with me. So I'd get, get two people in for the price of one. That's a bargain, right? You, you'd want me to go, right? I mean, I think, she, I think she'd want me to go. So uh, when, we, when we were younger and we first started out, I used to love to go to high school football games and watch the uh, playoffs. And uh, so she wanted to start tagging along with me. And uh, it sounded like a good idea. But then we got there and we're watching the game and all of a sudden the questions started coming. It's like, why is they throwing that flag? You know, why, why is it third and six? Where's, where's fifth down? And, and all the, they, they scored? All right, home run, yeah. And I'm like, no, babe, it's... It's, it's, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown, but she's gotten, she's gotten a lot better now, so she knows the game a little bit better, praise the Lord. We get the word fan from the word fanatic, and fanatic means a person that's got an extreme zeal or enthusiasm for either their sports team or for something. And, you know, that's, that's the reason we get the word fanatic. And see, the good thing about a lot of sports fans, they're not ashamed to stand up for their team, guys. Their team can be the worst team, have the worst record for the last 10 years, and you'll have a guy like Manuel that comes in and wears his 49ers shirt, you know, he's just, he's just, he's not afraid to, to represent his team, you know, that's a good thing about fans, they're not afraid to give a shout out, they'll stand up for their team. How many uh, Raider fans do we have here? So, got, got any 49er fans? Okay, and then the Patriots, obviously. <laughs> Eagles fans, yeah, see, all right, all right. So see what I mean? We have, we have fans. Fans aren't afraid to stand out and, and give their team a shout-out. But what if you were in Sacramento today, and you were in a large crowd of people, and you were asked to stand up if you believe that, that marriage is only between one man and one woman, or that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, or that if Jesus is the only way to eternal life and salvation, how many people would stand up? How many Christians would stand up? How many of you would stand up today, guys? See, you, gotta be, uh, you can't be afraid to stand up. You've got to stand up for Jesus Christ. That's right. See, that's the good thing about uh, Christians or uh, 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 f- crazy fans. They're not afraid or ashamed of their team. They will stand up and give their team a shout-out, guys. And we've got to be able to stand up for Jesus Christ and declare his word, praise the Lord. See, Romans says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Bring salvation to everyone. So we got to be able to stand up for Jesus Christ and say, yes, I believe in the precious blood of Jesus Christ to save a man's soul. I believe he's the way, the truth, and the life. we got to be able to stand up for Team Jesus. Praise the Lord. Give him a shout out. See, people go to games all the time. Today, they're going to be crazy. They're going to be raising their voice. They're going to be lifting their hands and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So how much more should we not be able to come into this church, lift our voice, raise our hands for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who shed his blood, who died on the cross, who, who made a way for you to get out of that addiction and broke the bonds of addictions and chains of your life. How much more should we be able to come in this place and lift our voices and raise the roof off this place for Jesus Christ, not sit there like a bump on a pickle like 
we're on the losing team because I got something to tell you. We're not on the losing team. I've read the end of the book. We're going to win this thing in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We're not on the losing team, praise God. See, there's a lot of people who are bandwagon fans. Are fans. They just hop on the team that's doing good, you know, for the good times and for the excitements, kind of like a lot of wannabe Christians. You know, they only want the benefits of Christ. You know, the healing, you know, uh, financial blessings and deliverance. All the benefits, but none of the accountability that goes along with living a life for Christ. See, they'll claim Christ when everything's going good, when they're on the mountaintop. But when things start to go south or not go so good, when they're having like health issues or financial troubles or someone passes away, you know, a loved one in their life, you know, they get mad and angry or upset at the church and, and they quit and walk away. See, that's a bandwagon Christian. They're only serving Christ for the benefits, for the good times. And see, church, you have to take time to develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. That will keep you going when you're going through the storms and the valleys and, and when you're not on the mountaintop in your life. To know that God is God in the good times and God is God in the bad times, praise the Lord. That every, see, every day in a Christian's life is not going to be a mountaintop experience. You're going to go through some valleys. You're going to go through some difficult times in your life. You're going to have some bad games. But you've got to keep doing what you do. You've got to keep serving the Lord. You can't quit. You can't like, just quit the team and, and jump ship, praise God. You've got to hold on, praise the Lord. Trust God. See, every team and every athlete, guys, they go through seasons of downtime where, they're, where they're, you know, their season's not too good or they're going through a low in their, in their athletics, praise the Lord. See, every, ever since I've been a kid, every team that's made the Super Bowl is, um, through the season either had a, a loss or they've suffered some kind of setback. Some kind of setback. But see, you have to learn that failure is not final. See, one of the most effective tools that the enemy wants to use against God's uh, people is failure. He wants you to think about your failures and, and, and focus on those so he can get you discouraged and distracted and get you to want to quit and give up. But you can't focus on your failures, praise God. See, champions, they've got to hold on uh, to, to what they believe and the, the path that they're on. You've got to push forward, push through the hard times and, and the things that you're going through in your life. You've got to keep your eye on the prize, in other words. See, because it's not about how many times you fall down during the race. It's about getting up. It's about crossing the finish line. It's about getting there, praise the Lord. You got to hold on and trust God. Hold on. Amen. Get some water there, real quick. Romans 8 28 says, All things work together for the good and love of God. Or you can say, All things work together for the good of those that are on God's team. Praise God. So you have to be determined, guys, and you can't let the world keep you off God's team. You got to desire, you got to want to be on God's team. See, because there's always going to be some obstacles in your way, and there's always going to be some failures, but you got to keep pressing through. Don't let the crowds keep you from getting to Jesus. See, Luke 19.1 tells a story about a little short guy, a little tax collector named Zacchaeus. And Jesus was coming to town, and he wanted to see Jesus. And so, uh, you know, the crowds are tall. He can't see, but he wants to uh, see Jesus, so he's not going to let the crowds keep him from seeing Jesus. So he, he goes down, he runs down ahead of him, and he hops up in a tree. And so Jesus is coming by, excuse me, and Jesus stops and he sees him, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going I'm to spend a day at your, your house. I'm going to spend time with you. And the story goes on to say that uh, he said uh, he was so happy to be with the Lord that he's, he told the Lord that he's going to give half of everything he owns uh, you know, to the poor. He's gonna, if he's like, done anything wrong or, or cheated anybody, he's going to give it back. And the Lord's like, salvations came to this house. Yeah. And see, guys, he could have let the crowd keep him from seeing Jesus, but he didn't. He could have let his shortness keep him from seeing Jesus. 
And see, church, don't let the crowd keep you from getting to Jesus. Don't let your failures keep you from getting to Jesus, guys. Don't let the hurts and habits in your life from getting to Jesus. Get to Jesus. See, guys, Jesus, if you'll make a way to, uh, to get to Jesus, Jesus will find you. Because the Bible says, Jesus says that I seek, he's seeking out those that are lost to save those, praise God. He wants to be in relationship with you. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus says in uh, Revelations that, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and that if anybody would come, uh, open the door, I would come in and sup with you and, and you with me. In other words, if you'll open the door to Jesus, He'll come in your life. He'll be your Lord. He'll be your Savior. He'll be your deliverer. He'll be whatever you need him to be if you'll just open the door and go after the Lord. Don't let the world hold you back from getting to Jesus, guys. You got to go after the Lord. You have to be determined to get to the Lord. Don't let anything keep you off God's team. So there's some things we need to know to be on God's team. And number one, guys, is teamwork. Teamwork. See, it takes teamwork. See, there's no lone rangers, guys, in serving God or being on God's team. God didn't call you to save the world by yourself. There's no big I's and big, uh, big U's in team, you know, on God's team. See, 1 Corinthians says this. It says 12 and 20, it says, And it is that there are many parts but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand that I don't need you, and the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. See, my hands, my feet, if they were disconnected from my body and just sitting to the side, they would have no, they would have no purpose. They would have no potential because they're disconnected from the body. They got to be connected to the body to have potential, to have purpose, guys. And see, there's a lot of people out there who's got gifts and talents, but they're not connected to the body. And they, they can't use their purpose that God has designed them for because they're disconnected from the body. You need to be connected to a body, praise God. See, a quarterback can't win a game by himself. I don't care how good you think Tom Brady is. He needs to have receivers. He needs to have a running back. He needs to have offensive line. He needs to have a defense, you know, that will help him out. See, everyone plays an important part on the team, guys. Just like everyone here that volunteers in the church, in our nursery, in our sound booth, that plays music here on the worship team, that helps out in kids, that that does the offering or the altar and all that. You're important. You're a very important part of the team. Just important is what I do here up front, guys. Because, see, we're, we're a part of a team. We work together. We need each other to be effective in reaching out to the community and the city, guys. See, the good thing about being a part of God's team and being part of the, the church, guys, is you're not alone. You're not alone. When a teammate's down and, or he's struggling, he's going through a bad time in his season or, or in his life, the team can come around him and pick him up. And see, Mark 2 tells a story about this paralyzed guy. And he needed to get to Jesus. But he's paralyzed. He can't. So these four guys, these four brothers, four friends, they come and they pick him up and they take him to Jesus. But they can't get to Jesus because the house, the Bible says, is so packed, it's so full, even backed out through the door. They can't get to him. And so these guys, they take him up on the roof and they dig a hole through the roof and they start lowering him down through the roof. And Jesus sees it, and he sees their faith. He goes, your sins have been forgiven. And then, like, the religious people are like, what? Forgiven sins? Who's this guy think he is? And Jesus is like, well, I'm the man. Not only can I forgive sin, but I'll heal the guy. 
And so Jesus says, take up your bed and go home. He heals the guy. The guy takes up his bed. The Bible says in the NIV, in, in full view of everybody, he gets his bed. He's just, he's just going home, man. He's like, yeah, I got a healing today. I got my sins forgiven today. He got a miracle today. The Lord touched his life. He got two things in one day, praise God. And he would have never got it, guys, unless these four guys took him and carried him to Jesus. And see, guys, that's a great picture of God's team, of, of the church. When you're down and out, when you're struggling, when you're going through some bad times, when the devil's trying to beat you across the head, you got some brothers and some sisters that can come along around you and pray for you and encourage you, take you to an altar, get you to someone that can pray for you, can get you to, uh, to a place to get some groceries or to help you out. See, that's the part about being a part of a body, a church body and being connected to a body. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. See, Corinthians says this. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. See, because we're part of the body. If Brother Terry's blessed, I should be, yeah. Praise God. Especially if he's financially blessed and he pays his tithes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. If, if my brother and my sister over here is hurting, mm, I should feel it because we're part of the body. If I stub my toe, man, my whole, my whole body feels it. But then again, if I eat something really good and satisfied, my, my whole body feels it again too. See, we're part of the body of Christ, guys. See, salvation's for the individual, guys. But the ministry of the church, it's a team effort. We come together as a team. We're all part of the family of God. And that's why you need to be part of a church family and plug in. If you don't belong to a church, you need to join a church and get in part of a body that can love you and come around you and encourage you and build you up, praise the Lord. So things you need to know to be on God's team, number two, is effort. Effort. So you're going to have to put an effort in being on God's team, guys. You're going to have to put the work in, put the time in. See, every great player and athlete has one thing in common, a great work ethic. See, they work hard to put in the time the training, the preparation. See, great quarterbacks in the football game, guys, they're great because they, they put in the time behind closed doors. There you, go. you know, of studying film and, and going over plays and the game plan. Studying the other team's defense. So when they're in the game, guys, they're prepared. They put an effort into it. And here in uh, 2 Timothy, it says this, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, the Bible's our playbook. You got to get into the playbook, guys. You got to read the Bible. You got to know the word. You got to know the Bible, the playbook, so you can beat the enemy, praise God. See, good players know the playbook, and you got to get in the playbook to know it. You got to get in it, read it. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher, a minister, evangelist, and he was asked, How does a Christian obtain a thorough knowledge of the Bible? And he says, Well, there's three rules to follow in order to have a deep understanding of the Bible. He says, Number one, read the Bible. Number two, Read the Bible. And guess what? Number three, read the Bible. You got to read the Bible, guys. You got to put an effort into reading the Bible. One quote said, the Bible doesn't need to be rewritten. It just needs to be read. You got to get into it, guys. God told Joshua to meditate upon his word day and night and then do what it says. And that way you'll have success and then you'll be prosperous. So you have to know God's playbook. There's no rewards without effort in your Christian walk. See, it takes an effort on your part, guys, if you want to have victory in your life. You can't be lazy and win games. You can't be lazy and beat addiction. You can't be lazy and beat fear in your life. you got to put an effort in your Christian walk with Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. 
Paul says here in Philippians, I pressed on towards the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward. So you guys, there has to be an effort, a pressing on your part, where you're pressing into God's word, you're, you're pressing into prayer, you're pressing into worship. See, all the disciplines of faith, guys, takes an effort on your part if you want to walk and live and have victory in your life, praise God. See, it'd be an awesome thing to stand on the podium at the Olympics, hearing them hear, you know, play the national anthem and getting a medal, or standing on that podium today and getting that, that trophy, getting that ring, all the confetti coming down and saying, ah, I'm going to Disneyland. You know, that would be awesome. But it, you can't achieve that without a continuous effort in your lives, pressing on towards the goal. See, Paul says this in Corinthians. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not get a crown that will last. But we do. We do, get, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I, I, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. See, see, Paul's saying, I'm not just training for a worldly prize, guys. My training, my effort, guys, it has a purpose to it. I'm not just training for something that's going to fade away. My effort's for, for an eternal prize, and therefore, I'm not just out there just running aimlessly, jumping rope, or doing boxing blows to, a, to, the, to the air. He goes, I'm beating my body. I'm bringing my body under subjection, my mind, my thoughts, my will. That way, when I speak to someone, when I preach to someone, when I show them the way myself, I won't be disqualified because my mind wanders, because my flesh wanders, because I brought it under subjection to the gospel of Jesus Christ, praise God. See, guys, we're in a real Super Bowl. We're not playing for, for just a, a, a crown that's going to that fade away or a trophy that's going to wash away. We're, we're, pray, we're playing for a real thing. We're eternal life, guys, and your soul's at stake. And so you have to make every effort to go after that eternal prize in your life. Don't get distracted. Don't give in to the enemy's temptations where he comes along and wants to distract you and cause you to, to fall away and miss out. Cause you to quit and give up, see? Remember who you are in Christ and, and, and what you're training for, the prize that you're, you're aiming at, guys. Don't throw away all the, the effort and time you put in to be clean and sober because the enemy comes by and, and, and tricks you or you, because you're going through a, a bad season or a bad time or a bad week in your life and, and he throws something out there for someone that's just got a quick fix or, or wants to jump in the sack. Remember who you are in Jesus Christ and bring your mind, bring your body, bring your flesh under subjection to Jesus Christ. That way you won't be disqualified. So you have to stay focused on the prize, guys. No team or athlete can achieve their goal without staying focused on the prize, pushing forward. See, every runner will tell you that runs a race, it runs a marathon. There comes a point in the race where their body wants to quit. It wants to shut down. It begins to hurt. It begins to give them pain to get, to get them to quit. But they, they know they got to have a mindset, guys. They got to bring their mind. They got to bring their body, their, their feelings under subjection because they don't want to quit. They want to finish the race. They want to cross the finish line. Amen. See, many battles are won in the mind before they're even fought on the field. So you can't give up. you got to bring your body, your mind, your thoughts under subjection, guys. Don't quit. Put the effort into living for Christ, pushing forward to your prize, the goal. So things you need to know to be on God's team, number three, is alignment. Alignment. So you have to be in alignment with God's purpose and plan for your life. See, God can't use you if you want to do your own thing. 
He'll get somebody else, someone else that will listen to him, that will, will do his will, will do what he wants, even if they're less qualified than you, because the Lord will qualify them to do your job. See, a quarterback that doesn't listen to his team or his coach, you know, wants to do his own thing and play, call his own place, he's not in alignment with the coach. And so he's going to find himself on the bench or kicked off the team, guys. So your lives have to be in alignment with the purpose and plan that God has for your life. See, God told Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. See, the problem is, see, God knows the plans, but a lot of people don't dig into God's word enough to find God's purpose and plan for their life. And you have to get in God's word to know his purpose for your life, guys. See, he already has a plan for you, a position for you on the, on the team. But you've got to know that, that plan, that purpose he has, so you can bring yourself in alignment with him, see, that for that plan, that place, that position he has for your life. See, when I'm in alignment with God, his plan, his purpose for my life, his position, I don't have to waste time messing around with other positions and other places that God didn't call me to be, that he didn't call me to get involved in. See, don't waste your time trying to do your will or your own agenda, guys. Get in alignment with God's will and agenda for your life. There's a lot of people that come to church and they want to do their own will, their own agenda. God's got a plan and purpose for them over here. They, they got gifts and talents to use over here, but they want to be over here. They want to do something over here. You know, they want to, you know, they got a, a, a great call to, to minister to people, to help out in the parks or the homeless or, or in the nursery, but yet maybe they, they want to be that lead vocalist on the, on the worship team or the worship band, and, and they can't carry a tune in a bucket. You know, it'll be like Simon Cowell on uh, American Idol when he said, who told you you could sing? He's all, my mom. He's all, your mama lied. He's all, you can't sing. You can't sing. Don't, don't waste time over in other places when, when God's got a plan and purpose for your life. Trying to do your own will. See, Jesus says, uh, not my will, but your will be done. See, what a prayer. That's such an awesome prayer. Because most people, when they pray, it's, Lord, my will be done. See, Jesus brought himself, his will into alignment with God the Father in every area of his life. Matter of fact, Jesus said, for I come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. See, my father, he loved to help young ministers, you know, get started, learn to be ministers, and he would try to help them, help them grow. And I remember he would, uh, in the earlier days, he would put a little digital clock on the top, on the, on the uh, podium here, and... Um, he would tell them to get an outline. It's, those kind of help you stay in your time frame and all that. But, you know, they, they'd want to do their own thing. Some of them would get up, and I'd see them. They would turn that clock upside down, and they'd kind of smirk and kind of laugh at it like, this is my time. You know, I'll just speak to when I'm finished, and when I'm finished, I'll be done. You know, I'm going to do it my way. You know, and he tried to help them, and a lot of them, they just want, they want to do it their way, kind of like that Sinatra song. I did it my way. You know, it's like, you know, they wanted to have their own way. See, guys, you can't be in alignment with Christ if you're going to do it your way. And do your own agenda. That's called self-will. And self-will is destroying people left and right. Your self-will will send you to hell if that's who you choose to align your self-will with, praise God. See, Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that appears to be right, but the end is, leads to death, guys. See, when you choose to do things your way, you take yourself out of alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ for your life. And see, Jesus sent us the comforter. He sent us the Holy Spirit to help bring us back in alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ and his purpose, his plan for our lives. The Holy Spirit is God's personal trainer for the church team, praise the Lord. And see, you've got to be in alignment with the personal trainer. You need to spend time with him and develop that relationship with him. The Holy Spirit works through God's word to bring us into alignment for his plan, his purpose for our lives. 
And see, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in, guys, and get rid of your old self-will and, and, and conform you into a team player, praise God. Get rid of all that junk and stuff in your life and not take a knee on the sideline and protest because you don't like what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life. Amen. See, because it's not up to you. If you want to be on God's team, you've got to come in alignment with God and his purpose for your life, guys. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He wants to come in and transform you and make you into a pro bowler, make you the best you can be and get rid of all the junk and the bad habits in your life. And see, that's what a personal trainer does. He trains you. He helps you find the weaknesses and, and, the, and the bad areas and the bad habits in your life, and he helps you get rid of them. He, brings you, he helps you to become the best you can be so you can operate in your full potential yes, yes. and play at the best level you can play at. See, the Holy Spirit's the best coach you can ever have, and you need the Holy Spirit in your life to help you come in alignment with God so you can live in victory, guys, and win the game, praise the Lord. See, our Holy Spirit, he's our life coach. He's, he's the comforter. He's the counselor, guys. He's the teacher. He's, he's our power. He's our wisdom. He's our personal trainer on the field and off the field, praise God. But you've got to come in alignment with him for your life. Jesus says here in John 16, 13, how about when the spirit of truth comes? Uh, he will guide you in all truth, for he shall sp not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And so he will show you things to come. See, the Holy Spirit's going to bring you into alignment with God's purpose and plan for your life. Make you into that, that effective team player if you allow him to. Because, see, he will only speak what the coach tells him to speak. Amen. So things you need to know to be on God's team, my last one, number four, is membership, guys. Membership. See, you have to be a member of God's team to play on his team. See, I can talk football. I can buy all the jerseys. I can have all the channels on TV. Um, I can have season tickets to go to every game, but that doesn't make me a, a, a player on the team. That doesn't make me a team member, praise the Lord. Just like you can come to church, you can talk church, you can be the, come to church every time the church doors are open, you can speak, you can dress like church, you can even serve in the church, you can preach the word, you can teach the word, but that don't make you a member of God's team. That don't make you a Christian, guys. See, a team member's in relationship with the coach. A team member spends time with a coach. He listens to the coach. He's developed by the coach. Praise God. Amen. The worship team wants to come on back up. See, church, if you're going to be on God's team, you're going to have to be in relationship with Christ and not just coming to church. See, going to a game don't make you a member of the team. Just like coming to church don't make you a Christian. You have to be born again. You have to be washed in the precious blood of Jesus Christ where you've asked him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. That when he speaks, you hear his voice. That all old things are passed away and all things become new. You're in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, praise God. See, you can't be a poser and be on God's team. You're either on God's team or you're not. And see, Acts 19, 13 uh, tells the story of a bunch of posers. There was these seven brothers that uh, they were posers. You know, they, they, uh, well, they wanted the benefits of being on God's team, but they weren't on God's team. And the Bible says they were going around trying to cast out devils. And so they come to this one guy that had this demon, this devil, both maybe, I don't know. And uh, they go and said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul speaks... Come out. And this devil's like, what? He's all, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you? See, he, he, knew, who, he knew who the winning team was. He knew Jesus. He knew Paul. 
He didn't know who these posers were. They were trying to operate in a position they had no power or authority in. And the Bible says that that dude, that, 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 that person with that demon jumped on those seven guys and beat them so bad, they ran out of the house bleeding and naked. He ripped their clothes completely off. They were, they were beat bad. They got a Super Bowl beat down in their life because they were, they were a bunch of posers. They didn't have no authority. They didn't know how to have no power in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they picked on something other that they shouldn't have been picking on. And it whooped the fire out of them, praise God. Gave them a Super Bowl beat down. How embarrassing. <laughs> Beat them down, man. See, church, you got to be a member of God's team to operate in the power of the Spirit. If you want the benefits of Christ in your life, you have to be on His team. See, I guarantee you those dudes, when they got home and they got their uh, bandages put on, they'd wish they'd been on God's team. They got tore up. And see, guys, today... During the Super Bowl, there's going to be tons of people, millions of people cheering for a team that's, that's fighting for a worldly prize. But we got a team, the Bible says, it's cheering for us. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangle us, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. See, guys, there's a... There's a great cloud of witnesses that's finished the race. They've ran their course, and they're cheering us on now. And better than that, the Lord Jesus Christ himself is saying, come on, you can make it. You can do it. Finish the race. So guys, I'm going to have the prayer team come up today. And I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in some things in your life. Maybe you haven't been putting the effort in your relationship the Lord can touch this morning and give you a fresh passion for him that you'll put that effort in your relationship with Christ. Maybe you're struggling here today, guys, with, with things in your life, bringing your flesh, bringing your mind, bringing your body, your thoughts under subjection. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit's here today to help you come back into alignment with God's purpose and plan for your life. But see, guys, you've got to be willing to step out and be a member of God's team. Don't let the enemy start putting things in your mind to try to get you like Zacchaeus, like the crowd to block you out, to keep you from getting to Jesus. If you want something from God, guys, it takes the first step. You have to make the step. So if there's a need in your life today, we want to pray with you. I'm going to have the uh, prayer team come on back up. If it's family, uh, finances, guys, we just want to love on you. That's what the church, the body of Christ is for. Praise the Lord. We're not going to tarry very long, but I love you this morning. Praise the Lord.